Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. My name is Noor. My name is Noor. And together we are light-hearted dads. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Welcome to Light-hearted Dads. Alhamdulillah, we are on our seventh or eighth episode. It's number eight. MashaAllah. Number eight. It's gone really fast. I've really enjoyed it and I've learned a lot so far. And today, uh, Bai, I would like to talk about something very important that has come to my attention today. Um, and I think it's a very good subject. Uh, kids and knives, um, you know, the ghetto life and the father's involvement in the children's life mm-hmm. whether it's a girl or a woman girl or a boy girl or a woman <laughs> girl or a boy um i, I just want to get some gems off you on this uh, particular subject um so first and foremost uh, assalamu alaikum nuri bai wa alaikum assalam rahmatullah and uh, let's start with the knife crimes yeah i know um this obviously has been quite a hot topic for a lot of parents recently as well or just people forget parents um because mm-hmm. obviously especially I know for us, we're living in Tower Hamlets and there was a spike in kind of knife-related or, or kind of a crime uh, or attacks that took place quite closely to each other. I think within the space of two weeks, quite a few that took place. Um, and naturally, that heightened a lot of fears for um, people and namely parents, really. Mm-hmm. I know straight away I was having that conversation with my wife. My wife naturally would be more fearful. My kids, a lot of the time, they travel alone to school and we're, you know, we're quite off. It's a... 40-odd minute journey and public transport going back and forth. And some of the incidents that took place was in and around or near their school area. I mean, near enough anyway. Um, So I remember having that conversation and it is something which obviously naturally would spike a lot of fear within parents because, you know, what's going on, safety of the kids. But then there's also the other side, which is what is going on? Why is there suddenly a rise or it seems like a rise in more knife-related incidents happening? So... What do you think? Why is that? Um, to be honest, I've never thought about as to why there is a knife, so rising knife crimes. But I think we are trying to imitate a rap culture, the grime music. Can't believe the amount of kids nowadays listen to grime music. I just don't get it. It doesn't make sense. It does, the lyrics are horrible. So for for those of us who are very innocent in all of this, yeah, I don't really know what is grime music. Is it grime or is it one of those, um, you know, those um, kids that get on music? Yeah, I think it's, you might be right. I think you mean yeah. grime, but what what is it for? I, I actually don't like. Literally, it's like rapping and some ghetto kind of vibe. It's it's all about the sounds. The sounds like even sometimes when I'm, uh, it just comes across me. I go, whoa, that's some sick beats. But I'm a lyrics guy. I listen to lyrics. And when I listen to the lyrics, it's all about like some turf war, um, hit some drugs, sex, uh, what this man did to this other man in the next crew, next area, all this stuff. Um, and it's just horrible. Like, I get some kids just listen to beats. I always say there's three types of people. The ones that just like background noise, just like, and um, there's you know, they like the beat and stuff like that. The one that will sing along, but not fully register what they're singing, but they re- they sing it, they memorize it, they go along with the beat. And the third one is someone who actually focuses in the lyrics, and just like plays with the emotion. And I'm that guy. I, I listen to lyrics, and he plays with my emotion, wherever I'm driving, or whether I'm uh, um, just home or anything along those lines. I listen to lyrics, and I relate it to my myself. Um. And then the, 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 I think like kids nowadays uh, are getting influenced by this kind of sort of this sort of music. Um, like literally, I know this young kid who's practicing and uh, I was taking him to some uh, retreat, Islamic retreat. Um, he's a young kid and he's a, like one of those projects, like, you know, trying to get him into Dean and stuff. Mm. But I, I just, just to blend in with him, I just said, oh, what do you listen to? Because grind music. I said, how is it? So, like, why don't you just Bluetooth what you listen to? He Bluetoothed it. And I was like, wow, I would have never thought you listened to this. Like, you're such a good kid. Your etiquette and everything is brilliant. Why are you listening to this crap for? Because I just like it. I go, what do you like about it? It's horrible. So, yeah, so definitely, um, I think the music industry, p- 
people are becoming um, a bit scared. They feel like they have to defend themselves in the streets. Where, you know, back in the days, it was all about um, a fist. Fist fighting. Yeah, mm. or one-on-one. And then there was that group fighting, but there's always, always been punching. Um, even in school, it was um, even, you might get weapons here and there, like knuckle dusters or a bat or like golf club or whatever it is. It would never go as far as a knife. It will always be like the furthest is like a belt or something like that. Um, but now kids are going to school with knives. It's gone to that stage where they're like, you know what? We have to take it a step further. We have to be a bit bigger than the per- person um, that's attacking me. Or I'm, I have to defend myself with a knife. It, it's gone to that stage. Not realizing that the next thing will be, um, who knows if gun gets legalized or anything. It won't. But what's to say that they can't get guns? It's so easy to get guns now. That's the level it is at the moment. You touched on some really important points there. And I think um, when you talked about music, um, I think the first thing is, like you said, you might have a good kid who's generally good and well and all of those things, but he's listening to this kind of stuff. Now, I always go back and I say this is one of the things I always say. I said music is like one of the sources of a lot of evils. There's a reason why it's haram. There's a reason why, you know, these are things that the Prophet Sam talked about. So he talks about music and the musical instruments. They're the instruments of shaitan. Because you know the impact that music in itself has is, um, and I, I, I'm sure everybody can relate to it, whether they've listened to music or not. But for example, you're in a supermarket, they use a certain type of music in order to, to and I remember there was some whole thing about when you're in certain shops, like fast food shops, they tend to play a certain, well, they're supposed to anyway. I don't know what PFCs do, but they play like a fast kind of music. Because the idea of it is like you're, it's meant to make you actually work fast, shop faster. Shop faster. And there's others was a bit more slower and thing. Again, it's meant to where you take your time. So I think like in the Ikea. in the in in the wine aisles, I've heard. I don't know. I've never come across the shop, but I remember reading an article that in aisles where they got wine, they play slower music, or they or if they want. Oh, you you've to, noticed it? No, I've not noticed it. Because yeah. <laughs> like I said, I don't walk down the wine aisles, <laughs> but I've never seen a shop where they've had a dedicated aisle for music. I don't know because I only go to Asda, and Asda's got one thing playing in the whole shop yeah, yeah. but you know um, spice girls or whatever that is girls allowed <coughs> trust me it's so, always women music but the, thing with, but the thing with the whole thing is that meant to be either play they might play like an italian kind of song so then it will entice the person towards purchasing the italian type of wine or the whatever oh. it is so this whole thing i was reading up on but besides that being the point is that what music actually does it plays with emotions you talked about emotions mm. yeah so i've not seen people who they talk about oh when they're sad they start playing all these I know, sad and emotional songs, yeah, that make you want to kill yourself or something, yeah. Then they've got other kind of songs where they've got that music that can hype you up. And they've got musics that are for different kind of situations. And can you see they're all like playing with the emotional heartstrings, mm. strings of the heart. And that's very dangerous. If there's something that can impact your mood, make you happy and sad, that's dangerous. It is dangerous. Know? And that's what the problem you have, especially with this grime stuff. What, what, I, what I've understood is that, especially if there are people are in fight mode, you can hype them up to go out and now start yeah. you know, fighting with other people, especially when there's some turf wars and other issues taking place. So that's the danger that you have. So music in itself is parents. Unfortunately, I'm just seeing more and more Muslims just so casual about music. How can you be? And I know my kids, you know, we raised that one of the key points of their differentiations from the rest of their peers are on certain things. So when they go to school, Generally speaking, nearly every single child listens to music, and they are the strangers because they don't listen to music, they don't know music, and you know <coughs> that even with teachers, they would they might make a reference to something and have an expectation that children will understand what they're talking about. My kids don't, and because we've always ensured that no, this is wrong, this is haram, it's just, you know these these are, these are instruments of shaitan, and you know, alhamdulillah, they've been raised upon that. But this is strange in this society now, with amongst Muslims that oh, there'll be kids who do everything. You know, you know, you know. There was a uh, my daughter was telling me that there's somebody else. She's got a classmate or a friend. She actually memorized the Quran, but one thing they do still do is listen to music. And I just find that so opposite. How is that possible? Mm. How is that? There's complete opposite. Okay, so like I get the fact that your kids don't listen to music, uh, and for those that are listening and um, want to pick up how to come out of it or educate the kids. Or how to actually avoid falling into the situation where they're listening to music, and the kids are listening to music, um, and the future generation it just carries on. 
how how do how do we prevent something like this? Obviously, the first thing where it always starts from is yourself. As a parent, as an individual, it's yourself. If you can't fix yourself, the expectation of the children is going to be a lot more harder. So you need to be able to rein that in yourself. Now, music, you know, again, I'm not, I can't be the, I can't talk about this much because I have really no experience. On this okay, yet. so I, I, I do. I, I have. How I like, do you come out of music? Yeah. So um, I, I remember being heavily involved in <coughs> listening to music. And then I've had a gap of two and a half years of not listening to music. And then I started to listen to music again. And then I stop and I come I battle. Does it make sense? Um, and one of the key things that helped me was um, finding Nasheeds to replace it initially. After the Nasheeds, um, I moved on to listen to Quran. And after a very long time, um, something will co- is Instagram. Honestly speaking, right, it's one of those uh, that came into, you know, that they do reels mm. and then you see people um, like doing do something, but their music is in the back. They add it on and you're like, oh, that's a sick beat. Let me let me see the name. Let me Google it. Let me YouTube it. I'm listening to it. Then he was like, oh, that's nice, man. Like, even though I've got a playlist of Quran reciters, there's another little folder of like, like a playlist added on to that and it's grew over time and then like it started off with me going back into bengali music i thought oh bengali music you know what i mean it's like harmless it's not like violent and it's not um sexual or about drugs or anything on those lines and literally i just started listening to loads of bengali songs and then slowly slowly when moved back into indian songs and then getting bored of it listening to english songs and then all this drama addiction to bass and all this stuff started coming in. So where I, and then I'm, I went back to not listening to music. How I um, prevent it is by, to be honest, get the playlist, delete it, start all over again. So how I did it uh, for, before I didn't listen to music for two years was I just deleted all the music on my laptop, my phone, um like around me i just said look no music in this house no music but then slowly um i started listening to quran i started finding them some nice reciters and then passing it on to my family members that's what they do all the kids now listen to quran and go to sleep so that's slowly the kids are like saying allah allah so that means they want to go to sleep so they, they call allah sleep Mm. Which means put the Quran on, it, you know. That's what we've embedded into their head. So that's what we did initially to stop. We stopped ourselves. Once we stopped ourselves, then what we did was um, uh, we implemented it into the household. And sooner or later, we started sharing like good reciters to each other because we know like you can't listen to one person for a year, two year, three year. You know, there's you know we should really promote stuff like this and which we actually don't do you get it we don't actually pass um you know reciters among each other and then you get a problem of when you start reciting someone goes oh he's singing really he's not really reciting so this is the problem with our with our with our society we have too much problems like you like you know there's some sheikhs they're amazing they're really really good but i just can't listen to them but apparently these are legit and the ones that we listen to it's not legit because it feels like they're singing, they're singing it, um, glamorizing the words of Allah. And it's hard. It's really, really hard because you're fighting left, right, center. You know, you're trying to do good. And then people are like, like I get brothers coming into my car and say, oh, yeah, change that, please. I go, why? It's Quran, man. Relax. He goes, no, no, no. It's like, it's glamorizing and stuff like that. I said, I don't feel like having these brothers in my car. Do you get where I'm coming from? Mm. So, the, the, so where I'm getting at is, like I stopped that. I said I don't care. Like you know, if in order for me to stop listening to music, I'm having to, um, like listen to this. This is the closest thing that s- s- makes me satisfied. That is keeping me on the Quran length. Doesn't make Quran. Re- listen to the Quran. Doesn't make sense. Mm. So recently, I've stopped listening to music again. Doesn't make sense because I, I like I just said you know what? Let's cut this. I just said, and my heart is just feeling. Um, like un- like it's not feeling easy to get it. It's like I'm feeling like like my emotion is driven by 
the music, the beats, mm-hmm. while I'm driving or when I'm working and stuff like that. So, um, so the only advice I can give people is, you know what? If you can't fix yourself, don't expect your kids to stop listening to music because that's something that gets passed on. Don't expect your brother and sisters to stop listening to music because they'll always have it, have it in the background. But you have to be firm about it. And you know what? We find cute. We find cute that kids dance to music when they listen to beats or waka waka or whatever it is and they move towards it to get it. And then what happens is we find that cute so we just allow it and then we start going into it. Does it make sense? Mm. Like these kind of things are apparently in society a cool thing to have, a cool thing to see. Oh, you know, oh, it's Becky, look at him dancing or her dancing. It's horrible. So I, I think you're right. You know, obviously, um, I can't really talk much about individual getting out with, but the first and foremost place is that you've got to fix yourself. Once you do that and getting your kids to follow suit is a lot more easier with anything. Any habits you do start, you leave. And we don't, I know we've talked about habits before. How you can start a new habit, how you can um, drop yeah. a bad habit. So, <clears throat> inshallah, you know, that's something we can pick up on and try like that as well. Um, so there are many methods, but the key thing is music, as parents, you need to, you have to stop. You need to stop and you need to make sure that you are actually regulating your children, not just allowing it to happen. You know, Andu, like I said, I know there are issues that my kids do listen to it um, and, you know, that, that that's the only kind of uh, thing that they do listen to that obviously this Quran as well but there's also recitation of Quran we should never ever think that everything should be a replacement for the recitation so it's a lot of it is because we, our hearts are far away from the Quran mm-hmm. and our habits are far away from the Quran and then that's been filled with these things and then what happens is oh, shaitans that play with it making it more attractive and more glamorous and you know people are just really stuck to it and some people do some people find this very hard to let go of that's their weakness for other people it's, it's not a problem um, everybody has obviously different weaknesses, so I can understand that you know the struggle will be different for each type of person. But that is a key thing. If you can do that, then that's that, that's a good thing. That's why, like I said, you find good kids listen to grime. So what's going to happen over time is going to wear away at them. It's going to wear away at them, and eventually, what happens is, you know, endless cases that I have of parents coming saying he's a good kid, he was a good kid, and then suddenly he lost it all, and that's mm. because over time. It's worn away, worn away, worn away, and then eventually they've got involved in some wrong activities and involved with the wrong crowd, and now they're up to no good, and you know it's in a dangerous situation, and a lot of these kids probably followed suit, but a lot of it does come down to what's the what role are the parents playing, and yeah. that also links to the fact that, you know, and I always talk about this is you know what are fathers doing, you know, there's statistics, there's research that sh- has shown and proven the benefits of a father being involved, of an involved father mm. playing that active role. And when there is a father involved, the statistics they use a lot in the States as well, because States, they suffer from a lot of broken homes. A lot of, especially young uh, uh, Afro-Caribbean uh, boys who are growing up in, in single parents' home or without the father. Statistics, especially in America, are yeah. showing that boys have been involved in gangs, in crimes, in, in so much dr- drugs and other criminality, falling out of education. Because of a lack of a father figure in their yeah. life. And there's a clear correlation between those who do have a father figure and the impact it has. They said behavior in schools improve, in society improves. They stay away from these things. And there's also a massive impact on girls. Because mm. girls are going into promiscuous relationships, into um, exploitation and all of those kind of things. Because why? They've Girls also do crave a, a male attention, a father figure in their life. And because they never received that from their father, they go around and they start searching for attention in other places and it's a psychological thing i saw there's a term that you heard not a nice term but they said you know girls got daddy issues or you know there's a little term yeah, that they use. yeah. and that's because of the absent fathers played and because of yeah. that they're latching onto any male attention that they're receiving there, there, there is a big um uh, like a big gap in this like did this what you just pointed out in our muslim community as well like literally uh, a lot of women are reaching out having boyfriends and like they know it's toxic, but they won't let go because they're looking, they're searching for, um, or looking for a father. Like you know, what's that? What did you say? It's I don't want to say father figure, ma- but male attention, really. male attention. Yeah. Yes. Um, so it's really as I said. So the impact is is very big, and that's why it becomes so important that what we're seeing, and this is not a slant on um, on mothers, single mothers, but I raised this point before. It's a very hot topic, like. And there's a question I posed, and this is based on the research that I, I've done in this topic. 
I asked, I said, who, who, you know, there isn't really a right answer, but I'll get to the point. I said, who is more important, a mother or a father in today's society? Yeah. Yeah. So I posed that question. So everybody was giving it, and it was very viral. A lot of people were making comments on it saying, obviously both, standard, you know. And yes, of course, naturally having both a mother and father is the best situation. But it was very specific. In today's society, today's climate, what we were at, what role is more important? Now, it isn't really a clear-cut answer, but what I have said is mothers, mashallah, those who are single mothers, they're doing, a lot of them are doing fantastic jobs in raising children. And we've seen in the past some great lama and tabi'in and tabi'in um, um, who are raised by single mothers. Look at Isa, a single mother. Yeah? But what we're seeing is now more and more that from those single mother homes, there are coming out from them as well children or boys who are engaged in very bad activities and the reason why is because their father figure isn't present in that life mm. yeah. and that's not always down to the mother's fault yeah yeah, yeah. Sometimes I, I, I totally agree and so that's why i say actually the reason we're seeing a lot of connections with the rise of this yobbish behavior this kind of you know the youth how they are today compared to before is because the father number one it, just the physical presence of a father has a massive impact. Forget yeah. doing anything else. So in a lot of homes, the father isn't even physically present. And what we're also seeing now is some fathers are physically present, but they're not absent in every other way. Yeah. And that's also having a direct impact. So a father could be there, but the kids are out doing drugs. The kids are out in, you know, selling, dealing, and they're involved in gangs and other violence and crime. Yeah. And that's all again linked to because a father may be physically present, but he's not playing a role actively in the child's life. And because of that, they're going wayward. It's a domino effect, mm -hmm. in my opinion. I definitely agree that to today's society, a uh, father is a must, right? And uh, sisters just don't understand that. And like, I'm getting cases that come to me about this waste men, like this wasted sisters who are depriving their ex-husband or even husband they're separated or whatever from seeing their child like seriously like I, I could right now swear because i know cases left right center that sisters are for no reason putting fake accusations against the ex-husbands <coughs> and the husband's like you know what why should i bother like, this is this is like crazy yeah, I know certain fathers who, um, not fathers, I know of a couple of cases where fathers have just said, look, I don't care about the kid after having five, six kids. And that's kind of deep, yeah? They go, and I go to him, you're nuts, bro. Like, I can't imagine living without my son. And you're, you're talking about how, like, you've had enough. You're letting you go of your wife after having like six kids or five kids and you just don't care about them. You want to live a life. I was shocked, bro, that this, this is the kind of like situation we're in. But the majority of the cases is um, single mothers. Why are the single mothers out there like acting like they don't need men in their life and, you know, causing problems? Not preventing, preventing them seeing their kids. You know, there's a whole issue there because, you know, society has geared itself in such a way that with the rise of feminism yeah, yeah, and all of those things is having a massive detrimental impact where it is creating a culture of generations to say, okay, women, they don't need men. Mm. Yeah. Wasted, yeah. man. Ah, oh, man. And this, Wasted. This, this ties in a lot with this whole LGBT promotion and push. Well, actually, women can do it with, you know, women can be with women and they can raise a family together. They don't need men and all of those things. So it's got a massive push around in many different sectors of society from issues in around to gender equality, to sexuality and all of those kind of things. And they're pushing in every level. And that's having its impact. Now, Allah created men and women. They need each other. Yeah. Yeah. And Allah says, uh, that men have been made to be the protectors, guardians of, of women. And it's there, and that's because of the natural makeup and disposition of a man and a woman. Yeah. So Allah's created in such a way a woman is vulnerable yeah. in situations to a man to do with that, and, you know, physical and other 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 specific needs. Allah's created us. So why are we always going against the grain? 
It doesn't mean we're not saying oh, women can't do anything for all of those kind of things in terms of work and other things. That's a different discussion. I'm talking about just the bare basics that a lot of the times women think yes, they can they can go it alone because it's been implanted that yes, we can do it. Now, that's not to take away from there are many toxic marriages. Yeah, where in 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 those marriages is very harmful. Um, there could have been many issues yeah. with women suffering domestic, domestic violence. violence and all of those things. So Abuse, I'm not I'm yeah. not taking that away because that's a different discussion. Yeah. The point that you raised is true that I am also hearing about more and more, uh, and it's hard to put a figure on what the what the, what the landscape looks like, but of people who a marriage can break down, that yeah. can happen. Two people can say okay, it's not working, yeah. But what should never happen is the children should never be deprived of either of the parents. So if there's yeah. a dad who's depriving the mum just because I don't like you and I'm trying to hurt you, that's wrong as well as yeah. The but the mom. system plays ag- but for yes, the sisters. But the system is rigged for women. Yes. Yeah, it is. Bro, a, a sister can claim, <coughs> oh, he pranked me. Oh, he's harassing me. Oh, he's threatened me. Oh, he called me a private number. Next minute, you get police knocking on your door, bro, asking you to hand over your phone, your laptop, any other devices. Like, it's that stupid, bro. Like, I know brother got arrested the other day. Bro, my man hasn't been in contact for two years, going for legal proceedings and stuff like that. Randomly, um, they just... Came home and just arrested him. Took all his laptops, work laptop, personal laptop, phone, everything, and said that, "Oh, you've been harassing your ex-wife." He's like, "What?" It's like after two years. It's bruv. Sisters are mad, bruv. I remember um, I was in police station for something um, similar. Well, I was accused for um, some madness by my ex-wife. And my ex-in-laws, right? Some mad, mad stuff, right? Alhamdulillah, I got NFA'd on all of them. And in fact, they wanted to prosecute her, which I stopped. I said, you know what? Bygones be bygones. Let it be. Do you get it? Because there were some serious allegations. And you know what the police officer said to me? He said to me, off, off the record, he said, why do you? Why does Asian women do that? Like, you're, you know, South Asian women do that. We get, like, literally case after case after case where you know they put injunctions on their ex-husbands and it's like like something so stupid because they just want to get get back at them and that's when you just realize hang on this is so dumb do you get it i don't think any woman has the right apart look look i if he's a druggie if he's if he abuses um you know you know if he is like messed up in the head then by all means, fight for those cases. Do you get it? Like you can't let your kid see th- this guy unless he's clean or under supervision. 100%. But wallahi, I, I, the amount of brothers I know that are facing hardship where they can't see their kids because the wife has put an injunction for no reason just to get back at them just because they didn't get along. And the kids are suffering. People, me, brothers are wasting... 20 30 grand someone waste do, spending more just to see the kid once a week this is the situation brothers are in and the sisters they play the system so well do you get it and i just don't understand why just bloody get on with it do you know what i mean like it's just horrible man is is the, the dangerous part of it is like i said the children are being weaponized and that's the one thing that i can't stand mm Couples can break up. It's fine. You can hate each other's guts if need be. But do not weaponize the children. That's the key part of it. As long as, um, like I said, there's some caveats to that, which is um, ensuring that, obviously, the that safety, of the, safety of the child. Yes. Yeah? But <clears throat> sometimes it goes even further. Something, oh, because, he, you know, um, you know, there was, a, what do you call it? He was verbally abusive, emotionally abusive, all of those things. That's, and that's used to say he's not safe for the kids. Mm. Now, that's a complete... I don't accept that unless you actually see somewhere where they're actually in physically danger or anything like that because I've seen a lot of the times where now you know you know remember DV isn't necessarily just physical it's all the emotional and the behavioral and all the other things that are thrown into it some things are untangible you can't actually evidence um, but if the accusation's thrown it's quite hard when something look I'm I, I, sorry to interrupt you there but when something like DV for, for me is has to be physical has to be verbal swearing to a point where it's leading to domestic violence, right? Anything before that 
please don't give me that the sisters don't play it better than the brothers. Do you get it? The sisters are worse when it comes to emotional messing with someone's head. Do you get what I'm coming from? Like there are some cases where brothers are quite, um, uh, they, they mess with women's head, yeah? There are instances, but we were, we're breded differently, bro. Like women and men are different. You know, you're telling me a woman can't talk, a woman can't trigger things off, a woman can't emotionally mess you up. But us men, we just think like one or two things at one time. They think about hundred things at one time. That's how they attack you with hundred things. Like they think they talk, bring up the past, they bring up uh, what you did then, or like the littlest thing, bruv, they bring it up. Men don't care about this stuff. Do you know where I'm coming from? So don't give me that like um, that emotional falls into DV. It doesn't. There's two different things, bro. A DV is domestic violence. I, I, let's stick to that. I, I don't totally. I don't. I don't. I don't. <laughs> let's not bring the emotional side to DV. Horrendous, man. I can see you've suffered a lot of domestic violence, bro. Yeah, bro. I I really did. I'm not gonna lie, bro. Man. You're letting it loose. Sorry, yeah. I've, I've not got much experience about that, so I'll just. Uh, yeah, just yeah. Nah, nah. Like genuinely, bro. Like um, jokes aside. Um, I, I just think that, like, it, it, it's everything has been uh, is uh, watered down now. Do you know what I mean? On the men's side, like for example, men don't get emotionally hurt. Men don't get domestic abuse, domestic violence towards them. Like if a girl punches um, a man, deal with it. Like a man won't talk about it. A man won't even bring it up. All right, I get the power difference when a man hits a woman. Yeah. By all means, like, um, like if I if I, if someone did that to my sister, or someone did it to a sister that I know, by all means, I'll step up for that. Do you get it? Because I was like, you come know, on, I can't, I can't stand. Uh, I, you know, that's and that's one of my biggest fears for my daughters is that I'm seeing cases, especially of people who are quote unquote religious or, you know, in that sense, um, who are violent, who are just violent, and you know, I always just think I know it's hard to say like that, but I always think. I was somebody, I was a child as well, and I had really bad anger issues. I still do, I say, up until this point. But it's not something that would ever lead me to raising my hands. Yeah. I never, you, know, you know, you can get angry, you can work things through, but I've never done that. And so I take an issue to that point, which is how can you, you know, raise Hate your a hand? woman. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And, and that's, that boils down to a lot of the stuff that that man himself has got issues that he needs to deal with. Basically, yeah. yeah. Um, but, I remember, bro, like a, a man was hitting a woman, um, his wife, in New Road. I, I swear, it just reminded me of my upbringing where hitting a woman was normal. Do you get it? And um, I remember, like, I, I stopped domestic violence in my house. I stopped it physically. Do you get me? I'm not going to go too deep into it, but I, I was one of the uh, key people to say, it's not going to happen in this house ever again. Do you get it? Um, even in my generation. It's not going to happen ever again. Like, because it was just a normal thing f for men older than me, uh, a generation above me, just to do whatever they like to women. But now it's too late, mate. Like, you, you'll get battered. I don't care if you're my father, my uncle, my brother, wherever you are, you touch a woman, I'll beat you up. That's how, it's, it's just, it's just well fact known issue. Do you get me? If I hear about it, you know, I, I don't care who you are because you shouldn't be beating a woman up. But I saw that on the streets, bro. Do you get it? And when I saw that in the streets, bro, I just, like, I just said, what are you doing to this guy, yeah? The guy goes, that's my wife. I stay out of it. That's what he said to me. And I was like thinking, Sasa, you can't do that. He's an old man. I was like thinking, you can't do that, Sasa. Like, you're going to get done for it. His wife's like, kichuisana, kichuisana, kichuisana. Nothing happened, nothing happened, nothing happened. Carry on. And I was like, rah. And the thing is, like, I could easily hit that guy or get involved or whatever, etc. But you will see that these women have been battered so much in their life that they will forgive him and end up saying, attacking you, saying, stop, what are you hitting my husband for? Do you get it? Because that's what happens happened to, uh, uh, you know, my mothers and my aunties and stuff like that. Like when you're stopping the man from hitting them, they're like, they come at, at, at you and say, oh, yeah, yeah, blah, 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 etc. Because it's become so normalized for them. It's, it's standard for them. Does it make sense? Yeah, a lot of it is learned behavior. They've seen generation upon generation that woman's role is this and man's like that. And you just take it. And when you start changing, there's sh shifting the dynamic, everything happens. And yeah. so it's even like a, we talked about it before. Like, you know, we talked about men doing <laughs> chores. <laughs> mm. um, but 
you know, I made a I made a point which is I know that my wife has a specific role, I have a specific role. Mm-hmm. But however, there's fluidity when helping each other out, and that's an important part, like the process I'm used to do. So Islam. So in the past, I have when I did help out do something. Question: you know, Remarks were made by other members, notably family, uh, f- female, female members, and I had to put them in the place and say, "What are you talking about?" And I said, "At the end of the day, if you want for the fact that if you're only saying that because you've been brought up in a certain way, and in fact, if your husband had done that for you, would you not be happy?" I just shut him up because mm. that's what he was. But the point is, a lot of it is a is, is a learned upbringing. It's, a, it's it's something that they've seen and they've continued. And when you talked about before about men, I've had cases come to me of men suffering domestic violence. Yeah. It seems very strange. Some of these guys are big guys. Yeah. But what it is is, and it's, they they are actually suffering and they are being tortured. Now, yeah, it's not a big number in comparison to say females going through DV, but there are cases of these things that are coming through, so it can happen. Um, although sometimes logically, one think, how does that work? The, the other thing is, you talk about men. You know, men do hurt. Yeah. But the problem is society and the way we've created a culture is tough love. Yeah. Life falls over. Oh, you'll be all right. Don't worry. You're a man. You're suppressing pain, yeah. You're suppressing. It's, it's all about suppressing, suppressing, not expressing. Yeah? yeah. And what happens is they think it expressing is a sign of weakness. It's not. In fact, and, and I did a short video on this. It's actually on my YouTube, and I wrote an article if I'm correct as well. And this is again available on the website, um, which talks about how you know the link between uh, depression mm. and what happened in childhood. Yeah, and you know, we've, and, and a whole actually video that I've got. It's a short video, but it's about is depression a, 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 um, due to weaky man. Now I said no, it's not. There are some cases where depression will be linked to weaky man because you're far away from deed and the depressions come in, and you you know you need the light of something to help you. But then there's people who are practicing, who have iman, but they can also go through low mood and depression, and there is a link, a correlation between childhood. When they were young, they're always told, "Oh, don't worry." You fell over, you hurt yourself, or don't worry. It's fine, yeah. you're a boy, man up, tough love, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah standard. Now, <clears throat> what's happened over time, though, that person's had to suppress it. So the child's like, I'm feeling pain, but I can't cry. It makes me weak. And over time, what happens is, one chain of thought that starts arising is that I feel pain. There's something wrong with me because men don't feel pain. That's what you're teaching a child. Men don't feel pain. Of course they do. All human beings feel pain. Yeah, so you're you're suppressing that, and so what happens later in life when they start feeling other hurt and emotional pain, they don't know how to deal with it because mm. they never had the opportunity as a child to be able to be soothed and sh- and guided through the path. So when a child does hurt themselves, allow them to say yes. You have to connect. Yes, it's pain. You will hurt yourself. Not say don't worry, it's okay. No, don't do that. You're you're negating the emotions. You know, you you let them express the emotions, but what happens through that process by them doing that, they start learning that. Pain is temporary And then after that comes relief So when they go into adulthood And they suffer greater other kind of pains Obviously as well They'll also remember it's temporary And then there's relief afterwards A lot of people get stuck in depression Because why? They can't see the light at the end of the tunnel They can't see this ending oh, they've, have, they've been programmed in such a way That my, I'm always like this I'm just rubbish I'm always going to feel I'm weak I'm all of those things Because it's been ingrained in them As a young child You're weak if you feel pain so there's a connection. Obviously, we can talk a lot more detail about it in a separate time, maybe. But you know, there's a connection between that. So men do, and I think a lot of it's to do with how society has nurtured and created this concept of a man is like this. No, men men can go through those difficulties, those pains. But what happens so is strong men come out being able to uh, control and navigate those emotions. So yeah, I I I completely <coughs> get what you're saying. Um. What is like the brothers are losing hope as soon as they go through divorce? They're like, you know what? I gotta go through all this proceeding to see my son or my daughter, or wherever it is. Um, they go through it. Some, you know, some sisters, alhamdulillah, they're very, very, um, you know, cooperative. They they literally let the they they, they understand the importance of having a father. Um, and I, I've seen certain brothers still see their um, kids regularly and you know they moved on with their lives and they're happy they just said you know we're not meant meant to be together um usually you see these are the people that had education islamic education and some sort of understanding of bringing a child up like they had good parenting themselves that's what i was saying more than the education bro 
people's behavior is based on how they're parented. Yeah. And you have to realize that you, a lot of the way you are behaving is because of the circumstances in which you were nurtured. Mm. It's what you saw from your parents, what you saw in, in and around you that has a massive impact. So like I said, you know, people who are able to go past the divorce and do that was like known as co-parenting. Yeah. So they're basically the separate, but they work together for the betterment of their child. Yeah. You know, it's doable. And but people who do that is because they're in a certain mindset and all of that's because it's been ingrained in how they were nurtured and raised. Other people have been raised in such, you know, ju just in the complete opposite ways. And then society has its impact and this whole thing about, especially for sisters, what happens is, uh, you know, uh, you go girl, don't worry, we got your back. And a lot of these things about, mm. oh, we've got the back of sister, irrespective if she's right or wrong. They've got this sisterhood kind of pack kind of mentality. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And they don't get called out even if they're wrong because do you know why? No, no, no. Women stick together, mm. you know, women's rights. And that's where the element of feminism and all this other stuff come in. It really pollutes everything. And there's there's divorce groups, you know that. There's divorce groups. I found out um not so long ago. There's what is, like what is a divorce group, sorry. Like literally uh groups of sisters that are divorced in a like in a group, WhatsApp group and stuff like that. It's nuts, bro. Um <laughs> I, I I won't go into the story yet, but um, maybe when we talk about divorce, we can go into this. I think divorce is uh, definitely a subject that we need to go deep into, a uh, deep dive. Let's not do it today. Um, but let's go back to fathers being involved mm. in a single parent or fathers uh, being involved in the child's upbringing, in music and knives and stuff like that. Let's, let's just uh, wrap that up. Um, so genuinely, I, I genuinely think, and correct me if I'm wrong, um, like just making sure, um, you have that connection, whether it's with your nephew or your son or your daughters and get to really know who their friends are and who the friend's parents are. I think that really helps because look, a few things could come out of it, right? Once you get to know your nephew well, or your, I've got, I've, got, I've got a son who's that age to go to school. So once I know my nephew and his friends, like just, you know, we get a rough idea who smokes, who doesn't, who's like acts, talks in a certain way and stuff like that. And then really just get to invite them over and let their parents know that you've got them in your house and give them a munch, you know, buy something and tell them to all eat and stuff like that. So what comes out of it, you get to know these kids' parents as well. And you have a network among them. And once you have a network, once they're at each other's house, you can just WhatsApp each other or call each other saying, yo, is my uh, nephew there? Yes or no? Does it make sense? And they're like, yeah, yeah, he's there. He's not. Okay, well, he's not there. So where is he? He's meant to be home by now. What not? And then what happened was once you get to know their friends and their surrounding, their upbringing, you get a rough idea of which direction they're going. Are they going towards like this um, like ghetto mentality, um, you know, or they fully focus in education or anything on those lines? And then um, I'm thinking something along the lines of um, like educating them about like you know knives. Or what what goes on in school? Like what's happened? What's the latest? Like where's the beefs at with areas and stuff like that? Um, I, I just found out like recently, you know the. Um, the knife crime that happened in Cannon Street, mm. yeah, and ha it just happens to be like uh, some of my family members, like the nephews, were actually around that area. And I, like it was just like, when we heard about it, we were shocked. It was angry. The parents were angry. Um, it's just that they're such good kids, but they were just they're so eager to go and see it because it was so close by, or to witness it, or wherever it is. It's just mad. Like it could have been my nephew there. In that situation mm -hmm. So that definitely where You know Where they're going When they're going to be back A bit more involvement And usually what happens is Kids brush their mothers Very quickly Like yeah, yeah, yeah Don't worry yeah, Whatever etc But when it was, comes to the father Or an uncle Or whatever We should be saying like Yo Where are you? What are you up to? In a, in a nice way So that he doesn't feel like He, he has to lie but it's like, oh, what are you up to? Oh, you're coming home, yeah? Be more involved. And that's where, you know, I, I've noticed, subhanAllah, like, you know, my brother-in-laws, they're heavily involved with their kids. The kids, like, literally tell their fathers everything. 
literally what's going on which teacher said this and that you know which kids doing this and that and like he wants to improve in this area the father invests money saying okay you want to be a footballer all right you go football training i'll make sure you do that okay um I, you know father goes and buys him trainers or you know goes training with him i said you know what you played all right today try to improve your passing work on this and that etc and it was just amazing to see like how my nephews are growing up but i don't i can't ever see him carry a knife but it's just his surrounding because he's fortunate he's not living in a council state he's got a house he's got dad's got money and stuff like that so what advice would you personally give to those council state um fathers who are having to work hard day and night not being able to be involved in the kids upbringing as much because they have to have food on the plate like what what would you recommend with the um involvement of fathers it's not just about the <clears throat> the issue of like you said um finding out and talking and all of those things now these are actually um symptoms of or of the outcomes of something else and that's about relationship you know the key thing with anything is the relationship so if we were to just zoom out a bit and think about okay right a marriage we talk about yeah <clears throat> when a marriage is 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 working and is going well it's, and the, it's because what happens in the marriage is is the relationship starts bonding and the trust builds and because of that then you listen to each other more and many other things come from that but when the relationship breaks down if you say something your wife won't listen to you if your wife says something you won't listen because why the relationship is fractured and eventually what leads to is, is divorce isn't it so you have to look at it with anything with a friend when you've got a tight relationship with them you share things more you do things more and you listen to their advice you follow their guidance yeah so same thing for children why is it that we look at it different a lot of the time the reason why we look at it different is because as a father you are automatically in a position of authority and they are automatically below you but mm. marriages maybe are okay why well, you're a spouse um friendships you're on level level footing aren't you whereas this one the dynamic automatically is that you have power they don't and so sometimes what ends up happening we start exerting power and thinking our kids are listening that's just because of the fact that the power dynamic is you have more power than them as they get older their power increases or their fear decreases so what ends up happening is they come to a more middle level and then they really hang on me i don't even scared of him anymore he finds kicks in and all of those stuff starts happening so the main thing as i was trying to get to is to get kids to listen to get kids to really engage and all of those things it boils down to relationship you need to build a relationship it seems so easy to say or maybe some even some seems stupid to say really but that's the problem parents a lot of the time don't have a relationship so one of the things you can think about is um, as a parent whether you're a mother or a father even in this case is you just think back and think okay all of today all of yesterday think back and say okay when was the last time i spoke to my child by speaking i mean is having a conversation which does not include instructions departing instructions or reprimanding because that's the two usual things that parents always do isn't it they tell them to kid do this do that don't do this don't do that or you know telling them off basically why did you do this or t- you know giving them instructions make sure you do this make sure you do that take that all away when was the last time you actually had conversation how does that look could be about anything you told like, me. like you okay, said I'm, right. I'm a kid um i'm your yeah go on yeah okay fine look look it's not about the role play it's about it's about content in conversation so if i sit with my child I, I, you, you can ask them about school you can find out more about that you can do about specific subjects you already talked about it, like they said about what they're interesting what they're not interested in. it could be conversation about anything your child will come to you and start saying, oh yeah, but look at this. Um, I learned something new here. Duh, duh, duh. And then, or, or you talk about something else. Or something happened to me. I'm like, oh, I guess what happened to me today? It's a two-way conversation, not me just about getting information. So I'm going to my son, oh, you never guess what happened today. I was, I don't know, I was driving and this thing happened, that thing happened. And he would sit there, he have a laugh and whatever. But that's a that's a conversation, isn't it? So my point being is, what would you do with a friend? You have a conversation. As your kids get older, you can have more and more of an adult-based conversation with them. Obviously, when they're younger, the dynamics are different. But when they're younger, kids usually want to tell you things. So listen to them and do that. And as they get older, you're going to see maybe they might not be as energetic as they were when they were younger. But you still have this conversation. So you share as well. And you have that. I just find it really strange when parents can't have those conversations. You know, you tell me, put it on the spot. But it's just that like I'll go home. The kids will come and start talking. One thing from another. We've, we started talking about, I don't know, science lesson. 
And next thing you know, we're talking about, I don't know, uh, I don't know, cars or something else. You know, we've gone from one thing completely to another. We're talking about houses or whatever. You know, the conversation can flow and that's what it's supposed to be. It's just a conversation. Like we're having a conversation now. We've kind of really veered left and right. Related topics, but you know, that's what we've done. So the key thing is is build a relationship. So Okay, how do we build a relationship? That's the, that's the natural question. Mm. Especially with dads who, like I said, they may be very busy and not have time. It's about carving out some time. You have to carve out some time because you will have some time. There is some time where you're with the kids. Now, what we want to do is create, create some consistency in that time. And then what it is, is the main thing is, is a lot of the times dads might be busy, they're tired, they come home, I ain't got time. Make time. Give it to your children. And that's what you need to do. You need to have quality time with the children. And I always say this, by all means, try and do group stuff as a family. But the, one of the key things is having one-to-one time. You and that one child. You and child number two. You and child number three, and so on, yeah? But one-to-one time is key. Every child requires one-to-one time. So that could mean short ones in a day-to-day thing. So every day, you can sit down. It could be just a 10-minute, just me and... So you're my son here. We're sitting in one room. The kids are somewhere else. Having a chat. That's one-to-one time, yeah? You could do something together. Even one to one time could be dad's got, I don't know, um, I don't know, put a shelf up, call his son, oh, give me a hand. You're doing something together. Yeah. Yeah. This builds relationship, being in and around your parents and talking. These build relationships. Th- while these might be small things, then also try to have where in a week spend something a bit more quality. Do something together. Create something that you'll enjoy amongst yourselves, a memory. And do that. So it could be that, okay, just this son, okay, well, let's go out. You might do something when you're outside. You might do an activity. You might go in, you know, anything. You know, go fishing, go whatever. You know, my point yeah, is go for so a walk. I get it, I get it. So creating that those things then creates that relationship. Yeah. And it's not a relationship here of, oh, because otherwise what happens is kids always think, dad's always telling me off. Dad's always telling me to do this. Dad's always telling me to do that. That's what ends up a kid's life. It, this is very common, bro. Yeah. Like even today, someone was telling me like, um, uh, uh, a, 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 uh, someone was saying um, My husband doesn't understand my kids um, I'm always Like my husband actually told me today Like what do I actually do And I hit the roof And I said Why would he say that We all know what you do Do you get me You're a good girl A good sister Do you get it And we know you're heavily involved With your kids and stuff like that And she goes um, Like I just don't know Noor. Give me advice Like how do I speak to you my husband and um, she asked, yeah, she how do I speak to him? What do I talk to him about? And or do you want to talk to my husband? I said, look, if your husband, I know he's my brother-in-law, but if he finds out that you're talking to me about these issues, he'll get pissed off. Do you get it? So, um, and I said to him, like, talk to him, like, drop the kids either to me or to um, Khala's house. Yeah, drop them. You go out with him and just talk to get it she goes that's exactly what we did yesterday i go what do you mean like yesterday night we went out to talk and he just wound me up he goes what do i do all day i've got no connection with the kids i've got no nothing this and that and i was like i've got no connection with the kids i'm with them all day long i'm feeding them cleaning them changing them dropping them to school and he had the audacity to tell me i don't have no involvement i don't have a relationship with my kids and the kids don't talk to him at all because he they, they they get he gets frustrated with them. He doesn't understand them. He just they're scared of him to go and talk to him because that's gonna tell us off. So how dare does he tell me that I don't have a relationship with my kids? And I was like, okay, then maybe you need to point it out very clearly and openly and in a very nice way, but not get into an argument because you can't get angry. Even if he winds you up, you can't get angry. Because that's when he finishes. Because you guys clearly don't understand the concept of one of the one of you is angry, the other one stays quiet, stays calm. And if the other one's angry, you just don't know that concept because you just want to be who's better than who, who's got who wears the trousers, who's got the power. That's your, what your problem is. The moment you realize, hang on, he's angry. I'm gonna be calm. Do you get it? I'm, regardless of whatever he says, let him batter me. Do you get it? And vice versa. When the woman is having a moment, not physically battering. No, no, not physically battering. You know what I'm getting at, right? And if, like, for example, sometimes my wife does get get frustrated. Like, she comes and she tells me, uh, "Can you put him to sleep?" Like, uh, my son. 
And then half an hour later, she's coming into the room and there's me playing Superman with my son. And she's like, you still haven't put him to sleep. What are you doing? Because she's very routine. And um, and I get it. And she's like, oh, you know what? I feel like I'm having to do everything. And I'm just sitting there like, like I know what I do. You get me? But I'm not getting angry. I'm not going to say, what do you mean? I do this, 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 this. I don't, I, don't, I, I you know, I apologize. Do you get it? I said, all right, sorry. You know what? I'm just tiring him out because he's so active. He's, well, I put him to bed. He's getting up and he's saying, umma, umma, umma. He wants to get out. So what am I supposed to do? So I was playing with him, made him tired, and then he went to sleep. For you, it was easy for him to put him to sleep because he's got no energy. But I, saw, I, saw, I spoke to her afterwards when she calmed down. She understood. And I said, I said, that, said the same to my cousin. I said, you, should, you need to do that. You need to calm down. Don't get angry because did you get angry? She goes, yeah, I got angry. I said, there you go. I said, you two just need to have a proper good conversation and, you know, and stop talking silly stuff like, oh, I don't know if, how long I can do this. I don't know if I can be with the person. And these are shaitan talking. Like, don't even utter those kind of stuff. Like take them out of the conversation. Just if you want to seek advice, go to marriage counseling. Go to, you know, th uh, there's so much books about this kind of stuff. How, you know, ease your heart. Like, you know, find things that calms you down. Take yourself in another dimension. But no, it, we just want to fight. We just want to argue. This is the society we're in. Who wears the trousers? Yeah, it's a, it's a selfish society. Who wins? You know, it's arguments is all about egos. Uh, at the end of the day, who's right? And even if you're wrong, you want to be right or whatever it may be. But um, just going back to that point, I think what is really important is the relationship. The relationship is there. You know, parents say, how can I get my kids to love Salah and Quran and all of those things? It all goes back to, okay, you. Yeah. One is, What's your relationship to those habits? Yeah. And secondly, what's your relationship to your child? And those things, if your relationship is tight with them and your habits are good, you see your kids will automatically pick things up. Would you, do you believe the fact that the um, you and your wife are two different people um, and then suddenly, uh, you know, you might have a habit of reading. Like my wife's got a very good uh, habit of reading. I don't. And you told me how to get into it and stuff like that, right? Um, and still, I find it very difficult. But don't you think it's genetically embedded into my son? Either he's going to be like me or like my wife. Well, not do you, necessarily. Do you, do, is, is, is that the case? Not just reading, with just anything. Like even like memorizing. He might be genetically um, be gifted with that. Some people will have more better abilities than others and certain skills. Yeah. I always say, for example... Um, I had bad handwriting. Yeah. Mm. I remember my dad had really nice handwriting, mashallah. You know, he, you know his uh, cursive handwriting, very beautiful. My mom's handwriting is bad. Yeah. So my brother, his handwriting is nice. He got dad's on. Yeah. Um, my mom's bad. I got mom's one. My sister was somewhere in the middle. Yeah. So we got a bit mm. of both. Yeah. Then go down to my kids. Yeah. I look at, okay, my older son, his handwriting isn't the best, but, you know, probably better than mine still, I think. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, my daughter, again, very mashallah, very beautiful. My son, not so good. You know, so when I've seen it, the boys and my older son, my next son, again, their handwriting isn't that good. And that's something that they've got, I would say, from dad's side, which goes back to mom's side. So there's certain things you can say, you practice and get better at it, but it might not be as easy as, like you said, um, somebody who's already naturally gifted at something. So with everything, I said with every skill, is um, you can get good at it. Okay, so then that comes my next point. My next point is, if a kid is supposed to be an Asbo kid, he's going to be an Asbo kid because he's genetically like that. No. No? Because a lot of this is to do with your character. Yeah. Now, all of these things, a child being disruptive. Look, there's certain things that could be from a health perspective. Like, you know, we've got ADHD. Yeah. These things are quite very much... Um, within the DNA makeup that's different. Yeah, the, the person... Yeah, I was getting yeah. to that. That was going to be my next point. Yeah, so, you got you touching on So it it's not the case of that being, you know, what you can do is learn to manage it. And that's a different thing. Yep. Um, but with others, like I said, with, with behavior generally, it's learned. Yeah, and they can get better. There's certain things you can say, they're, they're more comfort zone you and, and you uh, fall into some things your strengths or some things you're weaker at. But everything can be learned. Character is the one thing that is, is that comes from parents. The way the parents 
are themselves and the, if they and the way they treat and they raise their children character is learned from that so i don't believe that an asbo kid is born to be an asbo kid i do feel that a lot of them you know why do you think they have stereotypes those who are kids are asbo kids they tend to come from council estate families parents being like chavs or whatever it is. you know they, they these are the kind of stereotypes that are drawn isn't it and the reason why the stereotypes have come about was because there's a correlation in in lifestyle and behavior and in in ethics and morals and character that rub off onto the next generations um but that's become not so synonymous with those who are a bit more upper class they raise their kids in this way those who are long, that's not the case anymore now everything's getting mashed up in the kid level there's kids that interact with other kids and so many different learned behaviors come from others but generally speaking these things are are from the parents what did the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam say he said that there's nothing better a father can give to his child than good manners Mm. So that means there's something that a father gives, meaning that he doesn't actually like give you on the plate. Meaning through his raising, through the tarbiyah, through his conduct, through how he's raising his children, the child develops good manners. And that's it. That's what I was waiting for. I obviously I'm not gonna brag about it, but <clears throat> I was getting you to get to this point of fathers being involved with the child, and that, and the end result is what. We got to finally, Alhamdulillah, Inshallah. which is a father giving gems such as good mannerism, etiquettes to their children is exactly what these kids need. If the father is going to continuously push the kid away, the kid eventually will seek out companionship. It might be through friends and it might not be the right friends who don't know how to guide him then he seeks for other friends to fit in like a ghetto kid might actually be his like protection rather than his father and that's where it leads to him being in the wrong place mm. exactly what happened to me and that's why i was getting to a point where you said it rather than i said it where in school if i didn't face domestic violence at home getting beats left right center and i ended up finding friends who was my protection if it wasn't for that for that then like i i, I, I think I, I don't know where i would have been because at home it was like you can't go to anyone doesn't make sense mm. and in school it was like yeah man these are my brothers these are my protectors that, and they led me to other doing other like illegal stuff like joyriding or bunking school or um doing things that I don't want to name in public right and it led to that because of the fact that I didn't have that male thingy does it make sense mm. but it came to a point where when I was 16 17 it was like you're no you're going completely astray you know uh, and then that's when my family got hold of me again does that make sense because they were like look all of us are really good why are you like that and it came to a point where you know they they know they knew your riding what did they do they gave me they gave me money to go and do get my license then once i passed after taking four lessons or something they were like okay um, my brother was like i want to show you to in show you my car so therefore you're not driving illegally so i was driving legally at the age of 17 in my brother's like was it uh, bmw 5 series at the time do you know what i mean like this is the kind of privilege i had because i had good siblings who was able to help me but not everyone is fortunate like that so this is what i'm saying like if the father is going to be aggressive not welcoming it's going to be very hard for the kid to come to him and that's where he loses it because he has to have someone he can find protection from or guidance from and he's going to go to his friends eventually and if he goes to his friends it's game over my friend you've lost your child so definitely by all means it's never too late go and reach out to your child talk to him go out with him spend some time you know what first couple of days might be not be comforting or like might be awkward but eventually you know what once you take him everywhere with you he will depend on you he will go places with you go go somewhere cool with you spend some money so you know if you haven't got the money then go to the park play football uh, if he doesn't like sports then go um like you know on a long drive or talk to me about things go go and munch something do you know where i'm coming from fathers really really need to 
re-engage with their kids because there's too many fathers out there now who are just just work 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 money 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 that's all they think about and they think that their wife is going to do the job for them but that's what the job is no, it's not man it's not because we're lucky because um our generations like avoided going astray completely but this, there's loads of brothers who didn't go um so who didn't survive this they're still on the streets now either drunk smacked or drug dealing like our age they're still doing it man and your kids are going to be following that soon if you're not if you're not if you don't know if you don't know what they're carrying who they're with or what they're up to before they even to get to that point you need to have that relationship and i think that's that's really what i would like to conclude on which is fathers need to make time <clears throat> sorry my voice is really bad today <clears throat> but fathers need to make time and build that relationship and remember it doesn't have to be about um telling your kids what to do but it's about time because you know when you give time to someone mm. it builds respect it builds trust then it builds openness so then now if you give some advice they will listen more all of those things come into play it's really really important i say it's a foundation if there's no relationship then you know it's trouble yeah definitely like a couple of advice that i'll give is like get involved in what your son listens to uh what he's up to if there's something that you have a great skill in like i i i read something about this father who knows programming taught their kids how to program and these kids are making 120 grand a pop making these nfts like cryptos and stuff like that and i was just thinking like raw i don't mind teaching my kids trading at a young age like give them like pocket money so they can go out there and trade if they lose it they lose it doesn't make sense but it's an experience that i have that i can pass on to my kids i think like why not like subhanallah like you know that's something that we can possibly have in common me and my son when he grows up but yeah anyway <sighs> i think uh there's a lot we discussed today we went around a bit but they're all very much connected it all goes back to the same thing um yeah definitely not need to touch on uh domestic violence again i think that we are we confuse domestic violence with domestic abuse yeah, yeah. i think they're two different things mm. so for sure like domestic violence is not the same as domestic abuse so if you're going to say like you know emotionally uh, like doing this to a sister or sister doing it domestic abuse is very common with sisters and that's very common and i'm not going to like back off from that but brothers do it as well do you get me um and you know it hurts but domestic violence is very common with brothers it's like it, you know i don't i don't know of brothers who got abused uh physically doesn't make sense but well, there might be case I, I do. yeah there you go anyway but yeah um something that we could definitely touch on yeah, sure. one day and definitely next topic i reckon yeah. we should touch on divorce shall sure, no, look at that so please do don't forget um do like subscribe share comment and uh share share your thoughts regarding the topics we've discussed today and also don't forget please do subscribe to our patreon it enables us to continue to make content and uh, again do also share some suggestions for future topics that you like to be discussed inshallah hopefully very soon now um we'll be getting on some live guests very soon inshallah um in in the in the studio um and also as you know now we're we're now releasing the full podcasts um on youtube um so uh, again i hope you do uh, i hope you are benefiting from them as well inshallah on that note uh thank you very much for watching and until next time assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh Do 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 do